the best It's the Beattie Freeman Show opening yet. Can you do it one more time? Practice makes perfect. Hit it, baby. Uh, uh, uh. It's the Beattie Freeman Show. Who? It's the Beattie I hit that high E. You couldn't hear it. It was so loud. Dogs outside are barking, though. Hi, everybody. It is the B.D. Freeman Show. I am B.D. Freeman. How are you doing? You guys look so good. Oh, you smell good, too. Wow, you just got out of the shower? Mmm, mmm. Use that mango, didn't you? I like it. Uh, so, today's show, we have on L.K. Freeman, who is a, uh, she's an author. and She's been on the show before. But we wanted to have her on again because her book, uh, Tenacious Hope, really has had an effect uh, on me and on a lot of people around the country. I've heard from a lot of people writing me, telling me that her book has really done them a lot of good. And so I wanted to uh, have her back. So a um, little bit of a serious subject here, folks. So if you've got little ones, you might want to send them on into the other room and cut them on some cartoons because this was going to be a little bit heavy. But right now, go ahead, get yourself some snacks, go to the bathroom, get back to the couch, sit back down, and turn on the B.D. Freeman Show because we're going to get out tonight. All right, thank you. See you in a minute. I'm going to handle something real serious. Yeah. Because it's so very, very serious. Homelessness. Everywhere you look, everywhere you go, you can't help but see it. Homeless people out there on the streets, it's not right, it's not fair, and something needs to be done about it. Well, since nobody in Washington, D.C. has done anything about it, we here at the B.D. Freeman Show believe that we can. 
we've got some ideas. Number one, move all politicians out of the House of Representatives, the Senate, and the White House, and then move in as many homeless people as possible because at least those buildings will finally be put to good use instead of being a quick stop in between coke-fueled orgies and nude golf with the purpose of getting a hole in one. Allegedly. Barack Obama isn't there anymore. <laughs> Number two, put homeless politicians to work as Uber drivers, where they'll finally be doing something useful, just not for the same money. So to get back in office, they gotta keep getting them five-star ratings. Earn your way back, Mr. and Mrs. Congressman. Mr. and Mrs. Senator, pull yourself up by them bootstraps. You know, like you tell us to do. Yeah, I'm just gonna ride on that for a minute. Funky. There will be the pity factor on your side, Mr. and Mrs. Politician, because there will be, you know, everyone will be seeing eight, nine, ten senators and congressmen living in a one-room apartment, all sharing ramen noodles. <laughs> It'll be sad. But, but, fear not, because the good thing for you politicians is that uh, Trump's got some free room that just opened up, and uh, a little place called Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> now, homeless folks would love it there. <sighs> Sometimes. And finally, your average American can be of great help if you have a home with a crawl space. Of course, we will have to inspect that crawl space uh, at least once a week because people who have crawl spaces in their home are usually homicidal maniacs. And that, that is the monologue for this week. No more homelessness, y'all. Politicians, get off your asses before this becomes a reality. Freeman show. Hi, how are you? How was your poop? I hope everything came out well. Um, I am sitting here with uh, <laughs> one of my favorite people in the whole entire world. Uh, the woman who wrote Tenacious Hope. Many of you uh, have read it. Many of you have written me and told me how it changed your life and how much you dug it. And I read it and it changed my life as well. And I really dug it too on top of it. But uh, uh, quiet is kept. It is written by my wife, and I am not—I'm not trying to plug her stuff on the show. Just and try to say that it's good. I am telling you that it's good, and you really ought to. Uh, if you haven't read it yet, you should read it. Um, 
even if you got to borrow it for someone. Borrow it. Borrow it? That's not how you say that. Lend it, right? Even if someone lends it to you. You're borrowing it from you, someone. But you, you don't see it to someone. So you said it right. Well, if you borrow it, if you're borrowing you it, it you're, right. the, you're the person who is borrowing it, right? Yeah. Right. So you can't say borrow it to someone. You lend it to someone. You, you borrow it. it from someone. That's what you said. Yes. I did? Yes. You did. Well, then shut up, America. Stop putting me down. I'm a victim of the American educational system. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, um, please welcome to the show, Lori Kathleen Freeman. Yowza. Um, don't want to uh, make anybody feel bad, but I'll be going home with the uh, guest after the show. Ah, All right. Uh, so, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, I want to read something that uh, Dr. Habib Sadegi, if you are in, uh, if you are anywhere close to understanding or knowing or living in the world of uh, natural medicine, you will know his name, Dr. Habib Sadegi. He wrote this uh, in your foreword. If you're in that situation and struggling for guidance, let these letters of honesty and inspiration speak to you. You'll receive comfort and clarity as Lori offers direction in a voice that is both compassionate and cathartic. So, first off, a lot of people won't know who you are or why you wrote this book, so why don't you give us some background on that? <laughs> background who I am? Um... Well, I've been me well, for a long time maybe now. Wrap it around, uh, <laughs> maybe wrap it around why you wrote the book. Uh, I wrote the book because I have been um, critically ill since I was 12 years old. And the good Lord seems to bring people across my path who are struggling from all different kinds of health issues, from, you know, basic things like, intestinal distress to more serious things like cancer and I'm not a doctor I don't claim to be a doctor but I get a lot of the same questions around okay I got the diagnosis now what how do I tell my family how do I choose a treatment you know different everyday questions that you have to answer once you get a serious diagnosis so I thought, you know, I'm happy to help the people that come across my path. I wish I could help more people. So that that's one of the two main reasons that I wrote the book. Well, I know there was a lot of times that I came home after talking with someone who was going through something uh, uh, medical and doctors couldn't figure it out. And I'd always say, well, let me ask my wife. And then they w I would ask you and you would say, oh, they need to get this, this, and this natural medicines to get their body to work right and, and they would take them and I mean every time they would come back and say it worked you know so uh, of course I'm not saying that hey go take natural medicine it'll work for whatever you have of course I'm not saying that but it just to being able to see so many people get uh, relief from you know after years from something that they could have went into a, uh, uh, a herbal store and gotten, uh, 
you know, for and had to be in pain with this thing for years. And like right down the street was a store where they could have uh, picked it up. It it uh, that that's what I know that that's what made me say, I think you should write a book because there there's there just there were just too many people, too many people. So how did you how did you uh, how did you begin? I, well, it it was hard to figure out how to begin because when you're dealing with severe health issues. Well, let me. Well, I'm sorry. Let, let me take it back. So let me take this back to this. What what was it um, that happened to you that that started all of this? Uh, what what uh, was there? A, fever was there a rash was there <laughs> something that started and then it just kept turning into something else and turning into something else or um, was it something else or was it something completely different over the years i've dealt with a large number of different diseases from cancer to things like um i have a nerve condition called allodynia um fibromyalgia, I mean, a, a number of different things, but the thing that finally made me decide to write the book was um, I was at a cafe in my hometown, which we've been to quite a number of times, and I w happened to be running errands. I was there alone and waiting for my food and looked up and noticed that around the top of the seating area, someone had taken quite a lot of time putting up a beautiful shelving system with antiques and beautiful old books and dolls and plants and all kinds of things. And I thought, I've been here so many times and I have not ever noticed all of this hard work somebody put in. If I had just changed my perspective, it made me see the place completely differently. And that's something that I wanted to ultimately help people do. It is possible when you have a serious health, health diagnosis like cancer, it is possible to change your perspective, to use it to help other people, to change your question from why me to why not me. And once you're able to change that perspective, it takes the sting away. It, it may not take the pain away, it may not take the prognosis away, but it takes the sting away. So that's ultimately what I wanted to help people learn how to do when they've had that life-changing moment, that life-changing diagnosis of, oh my gosh, what do I do now? Because I was given nine months to live, and that was almost 30 years ago. And well, <laughs> I mean, that's, like, I, I, can't, like, I can't even, in my head, like, put that together, what I would be thinking that young, and someone comes to me and says, hey, you got nine months to live. I mean, you're a strong person, that's for sure. Um, um, now, in the book, you developed, did you develop 
your is your is it you in the book who's talking or is it a character that you develop who's talking because the character is talking to essentially to two other people so i'm wondering is it you that's talking or is it well i, I or, wrote or is it, it you as a character i wrote it really focusing on women with health issues because anybody who pays attention <laughs> i'll put it that way notices that if a man goes into a doctor with a certain set of symptoms he's taken very seriously if a woman goes into a doctor most doctors not all but most doctors with the same set of symptoms she's told that she is emotional or seeking attention or i've flat out been called a liar you know and um, so I wrote it as a collection of letters from your big sister to your little sister, picturing in my head someone that I loved, someone who had just gotten this diagnosis, and trying to help her through the initial stages of, like I said, figuring out a treatment, figuring out what different terms mean, figuring out how to tell your family, how to tell your significant other, and that's really the other person that I think you're talking about that I developed in the book. I called him Chris, <laughs> meaning... Well, well don't get ahead of me now. Oh, sorry. Don't get ahead of me. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I wanted, uh, uh, let's focus on, on I, I'm going to say you. Okay. Uh, okay, so maybe this will be easier if we tell people what this book is about before we tell them about the characters this book is about what it's answering the everyday questions that every patient has after they get that life-changing diagnosis you know my doctor who you read a piece of the forward that he wrote for the book three different times I've had appointments with him that were four hours late. And I think God put me in those positions because I don't have children I had to rush home to, a job I had to rush to. I could curl up on the couch and go wake me up when he's done. And every last time that happened, it was because the person before me got the, we got the test results back and there's nothing we can do. And he'll sit and he'll answer every question and he'll dry every tear. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about him as a doctor. But there's something about him that he can't do. He can't help with all the little questions of, oh my gosh, how do I tell my mom? How do I tell my best friend? How do I ask for help? Uh, what's detox mean? I thought that was with drugs. There's detox and health? You know, all those questions. But so was, that's what I wrote the book for, was to answer those questions. So to answer the questions of what to talk to people about if the doctor tells you you're going to die. It will die or in any serious health diagnosis, yeah. You know, I... I now, maybe the more serious health diagnosis than death. <laughs> I mean, so. if you if you got a diagnosis of heart disease or, you know, there's there's other things. And, but I actually got a letter, a really beautiful letter from a teacher of mine from high school 
that said that the book really helped her deal with the death of her granddaughter. Mm. So I, I, there's other people out there that have been helped that I never even envisioned because I kind of envisioned it about health. But okay. I'm glad anybody gets help. <laughs> but when you, so how you've written this, I think is really brilliant because the way that you've written, written it, it's not um, one of those kind of uh, long medical deals, you know, it, mm. it, it's, uh, it's very, very personal. And it's written as if these, uh, there are letters that have been written to you, you know, that you have written this yeah. letter for this person who picked up this book specifically. Yeah. You know, each 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 chapter is a uh, each chapter is from you. I want to read this uh, because it kind of it sets the uh, tone for how the book goes. It's the, in the in the introduction. You uh, this is from you. You wrote this uh, in the book introduction. Oh, my sweet sisters in suffering. I am not a doctor. I have no medical training. I offer you this collection of letters as one who has truly been there. Consider Chris to represent your beloved, or if you walk this path without a significant other, I pray you'll apply some of the references to Chris, to whomever you are closest to, and leave the rest to God. Whatever experience you now find yourself in i pray you'll consider the uh, health struggles excuse me <clears throat> i talk about here to represent the mountain you are now facing i hope the experiences of my journey will let you know one thing if nothing else you are not alone love always big sis so right from the beginning it's personal very very personal oh when you're dealing with serious health issues one thing that a lot of people really don't have is a lot of a long attention span so i thought one thing that would be easy to digest easy to read would be personal letters from someone who loves you mm -hmm. even if you may may not have met that person in person mm -hmm. now did you have that when you first got diagnosed I didn't, no. Um, when I was given nine months to live, it was uh, less than a year um, after my father passed. So I didn't want to tell my mom that she was about to lose me too. So that that's, you know, I guess another reason why I wrote the book. I've never really thought about it, but um, I, you know, I when I was struggling, I went home and I struggled alone. And we hadn't met yet. And when I cried, I cried alone. And I didn't want other people to have to go through that the way that I did. Hmm. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then pay some bills. And we'll be right back with Lori Kathleen Freeman and Tenacious Hope. Stick around. <laughs> Thank you. 
I get the clap, I like to give it back. That's all I'm saying. Um, so, um, what's the most surprising thing that's happened since you've written this book? Like the most surprising thing that someone's come up to tell you, or you know, something that happened because you wrote the book and then you get, I don't know, an email or someone comes up to you or anything. Um. What comes to mind, I think, is the bodybuilder. <laughs> Tell me about that. That's what comes to mind. Um, well, every once in a blue moon, we join the same gym. And he absolutely loves going to the gym. And I find it slightly more tolerable than the dentist. And this one day we were there and he was lifting weights and I was on the elliptical machine and just having a crappy day just one of those days you want to just sweat in peace please don't talk to me and of course here he comes coming over to me with this Adonis in tow and this six foot eight Brazilian bodybuilder I mean this guy could have been a sculpture all this time I thought that I was the Adonis in tow <laughs> You had said this. Now I know. Now this I finally get the guy. story now. And, you know, my mother raised a nice girl, so I smiled. And I am absolutely horrible with understanding people with thick accents. I mean, just awful. And this guy had a very thick accent. So Bobby explained to me that he was 33 years old, this guy, and that he hadn't been able to eat a meal without throwing it back up since he was eight years old. And he had gone to doctors all over Brazil, and he had gone to doctors here in the States and couldn't find an answer. And fixing this actually is very easy. Um, it's, he had a condition called being apeptic, which basically is the really, really, really far end of heartburn. Basically, what it means is that your stomach acid is dead. So I told him it was really easy to fix. He needed this particular supplement. He could go buy it at the store. But we had some at home, so I'd send it the next day with Bobby. And a couple of weeks later, I was actually at the gym by myself, very proud of going without him dragging me there. And all of a sudden, I get enveloped in this sweaty hug and I turn around, and it's him, and he's bawling. You fix me, you fix me, you fix me. And I'm going, no, no, I, I didn't fix you. God just gave me the knowledge that I needed to help you. I'm so glad you're feeling better. And he was going, I eat, I eat now, I eat. And he was so excited. And, you know, I talk about that in the book, too. It's like... Some things like that can just change a person's life. And I just, I feel blessed. I feel absolutely blessed that God has given me a wide array of medical issues <laughs> and therefore knowledge to fix those issues and the ability to help a lot of different people through that. So, yeah, that's got to feel really good. It does. It really does. You know, I, I feel very blessed. Because a lot of people go to work every day and do their thing, and they go home, you know, and they don't get a chance to, and I, I believe that most people want to be doing something good. 
mm-hmm. you know. But I think most people get a ch- they feel like they they don't get that chance to 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 feel like they actually did something or made an impact in someone's life. And through this book, you have now. I've never told you that um, I've read this book. I've read this book probably about seven times because it was weird it was okay this is going to sound so corny but it felt like it was a long love letter to me and you know maybe that comes from my own uh (laughs) pompacity is it pompacity is a word pomposity 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 what is it pomposity pomposity yes yes i think it's my own pomposity you know i do i I feel like you know it's just it it, everything everything must be about me anyway so i i it's a long love letter to anyone who's reading it but when i when i first set out to read it i felt like okay now this is uh this is a book for girls it's gonna gonna be a girly book so but i wanted to read it because you wrote it so of course I'm going to read it, you know. And as I read it, the more I read of it, the more that I saw that it wasn't, even if it wasn't intentional on your on your half. I don't know if it was or wasn't, but uh, that it was something that men could read, you know. And it gave me, it gave me. That's gonna sound weird, but it sort of gave me back you. You know, the the, the when you're when you're in a relationship with a uh, with somebody who is terminally ill, it's like being in a relationship with three people. You know, it's like there's you, there's her, and there's the illness. You know, and uh, you just you don't know when it's gonna come along and break up the dinner. You don't know when it's going to come along and break up a romantic time. You don't know when it's going to come along and break up going to see the movie. You don't know what it's going to bring along and what chaos it's going to bring today. But it's always in the room. Mm -hmm. And this book helped me to not see it that way, but to see it more as this is a piece of life. Life is happening. Life's happening. And this is a piece of it right here. So... Uh, it sounds weird to say enjoy it, but it's like enjoy it because you don't get it forever. You Absolutely. Know? So, yeah. and I find that if if the more I try to enjoy the hard times that you go through, the funnier I can make things for you, and then you laugh, and and the more you laugh, the quicker you get better. You know, so it's like this, you know, so I finally feel like I'm I'm doing something important because uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, in in comedy, uh, there have been a lot of times where I felt like I'm not doing something important. I'm just I'm, I'm slinging jokes, you know, and that's it. But uh, uh, which is why I wanted to take the time to do a more s- serious uh, topic on the show because it's, it's a comedy show but to, to do to do someone laughed like this is a comedy <laughs> show yeah right uh it is a comedy show but but it's also a show where i want to take the time and talk about real things you know that that are going on and this is something that's very very real in your life 
that's very, very real in our lives. And uh, it felt, it made me feel closer to you and it made me, kind of gave me a balm. Uh, it kind of, you know, wrapped me up, my wounds up. That if, because there's, there's the other person that gets wounded when someone's, when they're in a relationship with someone who's, who's, who's uh, terminally ill, you know, you take a wound every day that you get up. Every morning you get up and you take a wound. Every single day. You know, and uh, and you don't talk and you don't talk about it and you don't expect anybody to come along and be able to help you. What you don't even wanna say anything because it feels selfish. It feels selfish for me to say, I'm hurting too, so I don't. So I won't say it. You know, it feels selfish to say, um, you know, I, I don't want to go do this thing with you right now because I'm so dog tired from doing this or that. It feels selfish, so I do it. You know, and, and when people come along and ask how uh, I'm doing, they're usually not asking how I'm doing. They're asking how you're doing. You know, and I could be like just crawling. You know, but nobody asks, how are you doing? You know, uh, who knows us personally in our personal world? You know, in the world, you know, people always, you know, people come up because they see on TV or whatever. But in, in the world that we live in, you know, people we know, when they ask, they're asking about you. They're not asking about me. And reading this book gave me like, uh, it wrapped up a lot of wounds because it may, because uh, whether you meant to or not, this uh, this this character that you created named Chris, and Chris is everybody. Chris is me. Chris is mom. Chris is your son. Chris is the daughter. Chris is the aunt, uncle, the friend, the whomever. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, that person. You make you make you make that person important. Oh, absolutely. You know, because yeah. I think I, I think if I wrote Tenacious Hope, it would just be like a thousand pages of me bitching about stuff. That's <laughs> like that. That would be it would be about no one else. Nobody else mattered. It would just the name of it. The name of the book would be Feel Sorry for Me. Like that would be, that'd be the name of the book, and it would just be completely selfish. Whereas you are not. Well, this is my favorite section of why you're trying to get ahead of me again. But now that we're there (laughs) at the part where I'm going to ask you to read it, because now we're at the end of the show, and you can. I feel like you're trying to like run the. If I could just get to the end of the show, I'll be able to get off this damn couch. Uh, Yes, you know what. Could you please read us a passage that means a lot to you out of your book? Thank you, because I didn't know if you'd do it or not. (laughs) Well, this this is a letter where I'm hoping by this point the reader is learning that helping others helps her. So says helping others is also a wonderful way to help us keep bal- keep a balanced life. When you're struggling with your health, you get into a pattern of other people always giving to you in order to nourish and heal your body. When you give to others, it goes a long way. 
towards nourishing and healing your soul. No one is expecting you to enjoy the pain, the pills, and the procedures, but when you can put your arms around another human being and let them know that they're not alone, it can take away the sting. You know, that, that I didn't know what um, part you were going to read, but that is the exact part that I had marked out that I was going to ask you to read. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't know what that was, but you just read the exact part that I was going to say. Oh, synergy. You should, read That's synergy. you should read this part. But then I thought, no, I shouldn't tell her what part to read because then it's like I'm trying to control it. But, uh, you know, th- this has been really great having you on the show. And uh, I think tonight it will just be great having you. So, uh, <laughs> we've closed down the show for tonight. Uh, we want you to know that uh, our show, we always say this, uh, our show is not done with a teleprompter or cue cards or anything. It's done through my journal. So, you're actually seeing, when I, when I share all the stuff of my life here, uh, whether it's a little bitter or a little sweet or hilarious, hopefully, um, uh, this time it was a little more serious, a lot more serious. But uh, it all comes out of here. So everything that you see and you hear is very, very real. Thank you for being very, very real on my show, Laurie. And, Thank you for uh, having will, will, you, will you come back and visit us again? Always. All right. Give me your hand. I want to kiss that hand. Thank you. Thank you for doing the show. Mwah. Thank you, Lord. This has been another edition of the B.D. Freeman Show. I'm B.D. Freeman. Happy Saturday night, or it could be Sunday morning now, wherever you're at. But I hope it's happy and good for you. God bless. Have a good night. And remember, you're only interracial dating if you're sleeping with a cow or a chicken. Good night. Good night. Thank <laughs> you.